Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Good day, gladiators. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sword and Shield podcast. It's Francis Martinez, Director of Psychological Health for the 960th Cyberspace Wing, here with a very special guest, Chaplain uh, Randy Holloway from the 433rd. He is our wing chaplain. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Francis. Glad to be here. And I know we had some fun stuff to talk about, uh, conflict resolution in couples, and I think um, when we had talked about the topic before, um, reasoning was because relationships in general, like relationship stressors and issues, have been um, the number one stressor for our airmen. Um, and I'm seeing across Africa, along with the chaplains, the DPHs, it seems like um, relationships have, have uh, kind of been stabilized in that number one position. And I've seen those same trends. It's certainly not just here locally. It's 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 not just even Air Force wide. It's DOD wide. It's just something that uh, that our people are dealing with. It's it's a common thing, and I I think it definitely is worthy of some attention and a, a, a brief discussion. So one thing I want to kind of kick it off, and when we're talking about conflict resolution, um, I've been married for twenty three years or so, and there's always conflict, right? And and it doesn't mean long drawn out arguments and, and um, pointing at people or, you know, uh, yelling, anything like that. A conflict um, is healthy in relationships. It's just how we handle um, those conflicts, you know, with, with our emotions and how do we come to some sort of compromise in the end? Absolutely. Conflict can take on any number of, of appearances and forms, uh, and it can have any number of causes. But one thing we have to remember is that conflict is a part of any relationship. You're not getting away from it. Uh, it's just one of those things we all have to deal with. And like you said, conflict in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. You've got two different people that are seeing things two different ways. And as someone once told me, said, if, if both of you are exactly the same, one of you is not necessary. So it's um, it just means we have to find a way to work through it and, uh, and and communicate in a way to resolve conflict in a healthy manner. Yeah, and I know when I, I spoke to uh, General Silveria in the past, we've talked about healthy relationships and and uh, teaching our our young airmen that are, were going to the academy at the time how to come in and be in a healthy relationship. Um, a lot of the times. People just see what they grew up with and they identify that as their quote unquote normal, right? Like that's all they know. That's their behaviors that they've seen and that's how they tend to resolve conflict. And sometimes it's not a healthy way of conflict resolution, right? And so we have to relearn and rewire our brains um, to have different types of coping skills that are more effective to um, resolve some conflict. 
absolutely. And in fact, when you look at the stat, the statistics for our country and our society today, I mean, you're talking 50% or actually more than 50% of all marriages end in divorce. So we're at a point now where that's what most of us have grown up with uh, in, in those statistics. So many people come from a broken home, broken marriages. And even in, even if your parents were together uh, to the very end or they're still together today, that doesn't mean they modeled the right behavior. Uh, but we've most of us have grown up with uh, some form of negative behavior that we have learned and are now incorporating that into our own relationships. And we're getting, in many cases, the same negative results that our parents got. And that simply has to be uh, relearned. We have to be rewired with uh, with healthy behaviors. And that's that's definitely something we need to talk about. I agree. So one thing that I generally work when I'm working with couples is I ask them to have a safe word and uh, safe word meaning, okay, this conversation is getting escalated. Both of our emotions are really um, heightened and we're not going to resolve whatever problem we have going on now with the way the situation is um, progressing, right? And so we need to take a time out. A lot of the times I ask couples, hey, come up with a safe word. And that means, okay, we kind of go to our own respective corners. We try to de-escalate our own emotions because that's the only thing that we can control, our own emotions, right? We can't control um, our, our partner's emotions or, or anything else, but we can control ourselves. And really write down what it is, what is the stated problem? What is the right. first thing that we are going to try and resolve? And what do I need to come to a resolution? And what do I need for my partner? And after, say, an hour coming back and being able to rationally discuss the facts with the, the emotion kind of simmered down has been pretty effective. What would you say to that? I would say absolutely right. And what you're describing is communication healthy communication. Both people have to be involved in this. It can't just be one person. Both people have to come to the table and, and be willing to have this discussion. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but the, 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 the bedrock, the foundation of any healthy relationship is going to be good communication. And one of the things that you touched on right there is check your emotions. If you're in a conversation, if you're in a, a disagreement, any kind of a conflict, and you feel your your emotions, your anger, whatever else, starting to escalate. You feel your voice, you know, start to to to, to go higher. You feel your blood pressure going up. Take a minute, right? Calm down, and we always say that. Just calm down. Yeah, right. Easy to say, but take a minute and get yourself together. Slow down. Breathe. Act and do not react. There is a difference. It's much, much better to take a pause, take a moment, get your thoughts together and say what you want to say than to just blurt something out on just an emotional impulse and then have to do damage control later. Emotions will almost always lead you down the wrong path. And, you know, once a word is spoken, uh, good luck taking that back. So uh, one little exercise that I like to do when I'm doing couples counseling is have the two people sit down in two chairs facing each other, not on a sofa where they're both facing forward. I want them facing each other. There's something about that face-to-face -face contact, giving someone your undivided attention. And person one will get to talk first. 
and person two, all they can do is listen. They can't interrupt. They can't just listen. Don't worry about your response. Just listen. Your only goal is to understand what person one is saying. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you have to understand it. And so for about 30 seconds, I let person one say what, what, what they want to say. And then after that 30 seconds, person two has to repeat it back to them, but not verbatim. It has to be in their own words. And all this does is say, I hear what you said. I understand. And if any clarification is needed, they can clarify it. But then we switch roles. Person two gets to talk and person one has to listen. And this is like, I mean, this is communication 101, but it's such a simple exercise of two people listening without the intent of, you know, okay, well, while person one is talking, all I'm doing is thinking of what I'm going to say in return. I'm formulating my response. No, no, no. Set that aside. Just listen. Just understand. Mm -hmm. And then, then you've got something to work with. And if at any point, I love what you said. If at any point you feel your emotions getting out of control, the anger is coming on, take a time out. Both of you together say, look, let, 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 let's take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, but you set a time. Don't just say, let's talk about this later because you're never going to come back to it. Set a time. Right. We're going to come back at such and such a time and we're going to continue this discussion. Do that and hold yourself accountable to it. So important. I actually use this very same technique in my office here and or on a, on a Zoom or whatever platform that I'm able to work with our, our folks. But um, really active listening and repeating back what they heard because a lot of the time our brains are very different, right? And so because you say, I am sad and I repeat back, well, I hear that you're angry, right? Well, those are two very different emotions, but that's how my brain interpreted the information that um, I was given. So now I'm being reactive based on my understanding versus what you're really telling me and how you feel. Um, another part of that is, is focusing on the validation of feelings. And like you said, the understanding, you can validate your partner's feelings. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it or that they're in the wrong or you're in the wrong, but just validating so they feel heard and it builds that safe space and trust to be more vulnerable and having more access to resolution, I, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I feel that one of the important things here, you talk about validating the emotions. Okay, so if me and my wife are having a discussion, she's concerned about something or there's something that's bothered her. Um, so many times in our culture, it, 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 we feel like we have to win the argument. It's like a uh, it's like a court battle. Whoever presents the best argument, hey man, you won. Hey, good job. I'm gonna shut the other person down, and that is absolutely the the, the wrong way to do that in a relationship. That's gonna kill the relationship. Listen, listen to the other person. Validate. Hey, you know what? I I I understand now why you feel that way. I, I, I still think, I think your perspective's a little bit wrong and here's why, but, but I get it. I understand you, you explained that really well. Okay. By saying that you've just now validated the other person and they feel listened to. Think about the last time that you were saying something, you were talking to someone and you really felt like that person heard you. They really understood you. How did you feel? 
it made you feel good. Hey, somebody really gets it. They really took the time to listen. And they weren't just trying to fire back like it's some kind of a tennis match back and forth. They really took the time to just put their racket down and just listen to what I had to say. And that's the most important part. That, that's one of the first points is just listening, understanding. And then from there, you got something to work with. But that validation is super important. Absolutely right. Um, and in that win-win approach that you're thinking about, I think a lot of the times they feel against each other. Right. As a partnership, as in a relationship, you guys are on the same team, right? There's no winners and losers. Um, it's either we both win or we both lose. And I think a lot of the times during the conflict, we get that uh, kind of jumbled up in our brains and it's now me against you. Exactly. We start viewing the other person as the enemy and they're not. One of the most important lessons that I learned and Francis, I'll be honest, I got this from my parents. <clears throat> I remember as a kid, I could hear my you know, my parents would go into another room and my dad would just yell. He would just go off on my mom. And to her credit, she would never she would never yell back. She stayed nice and calm. But he anytime he would say something and she took the opposite view or she presented a counter view, well, have you thought about this? Hey, what about this? He felt like she was against him. And only later did he come to realize that she was helping him see a different perspective that actually once he thought about that, it kind of helped him prepare for what he might face um, when he's doing a presentation or whatever else. But that was a, a, a that was a growing edge for him. Uh, he, he grew up in a very, uh, uh, let's just say, a very animated environment. His parents went at it all the time. But that also goes to show, too, a lot of these times it's a generational thing that is passed down. We learn from our role models and just about every one of us have mm -hmm. learned something whether good or bad from our parents and we model that in our own behavior so uh right yeah it's it's realizing the other person is not the enemy they may have something that we need to hear set your pride aside and listen yeah and i i think that when we're working towards conflict resolution first we have to decide what the real problem is Mm -hmm. Right. Is the problem that, you know, you left the milk out on the counter and now I'm really upset about that? Or is it because, you know, 10 days ago we got an argument about something else and now I'm harboring those feelings and bringing those feelings into today's argument. Now I'm really, you know, heightened. So I think really identifying, having that time to identify what the real problem is, um, because the problem might be different for person A than person B. And Absolutely. coming to um, having these conversations or even writing them down, right? I like them to write them down. Uh, one reason I ask them to write them down is to um, help your brain process the information and really de-escalate as you're writing, right? That, that cathartic part of journaling. But number two, not to be swayed by the, others, by the other person's response. Right. Sometimes we hear our partner and we just automatically want to agree or disagree. This is saying, okay, now I have autonomy in this piece of our relationship and I'm identifying what my problem is today. Absolutely. And that also, too, is a matter of self-awareness. Okay, I'm angry. Okay, great. Why are you angry? What are you mad about? How many times have you been in an argument? And for the audience, how many times have you been in an argument, some sort of a conflict, and after 10, 15 minutes, you can't even remember what you're mad about. 
the conversation has so devolved into something else, you can't even remember what started it off in the first place. I, I say that because I've been there. I've done that. I'm like, what in the world am I doing? Right? Okay. And I, I had to unlearn my previous behavior. It's not, it's not a matter of, of, of who can win the argument. You don't win an argument, right? The, 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 the win comes in conflict resolution. And part of that is your own self-awareness understanding, okay, why am I mad? Why am I angry? Why am I, uh, why, why am I upset? What's going on? Am I hurt? Am I sad? Am I lashing out? Am I, am I being irrational? And part of this too, in conflict resolution, we need to bring in, um, and, and I say this carefully, but we need to bring in a certain level of, of vulnerability. And particularly in a marriage, being willing and able to acknowledge when I'm wrong. I made a mistake. I'm partially responsible for where we're at right now. Being willing to mm -hmm. own it, but also being willing to step in and help own, be a part of the solution. Not just dig in and double down on my position, but being willing to step back and say, you know what? I think what I said or what I did, you know, I can see now how that affected you. And I'm sorry. And then also being willing to do the work to change that behavior so we don't keep getting into this as, as one couple that I counseled, they used to call it the crazy cycle. There'd be all these little things and all these little things would just add up and add up and add up until they have this big, uh, this just big eruption. And then they would okay. get all that out and then they would go through this reconciliation and they'd be okay again for a while. But then these little things would start happening again and just build up and build up and build up. And this is the crazy cycle. And they knew they had to break that. And it took months of work on both of their part to change their behavior to break that cycle and replace it with something much healthier. They're in a, a very good place today. What would you say was the, you know, I, I know it's a whole bunch of, different little things that we put in place, right, to improve coping skills. But what would you say was like the catalyst for them to really shift and be in a, in a better space? Both of them realized, okay, you know what? I love my spouse. I love my spouse. I don't want this to continue happening. And both of them had to do some introspection, right? Well, first of all, the catalyst was the love, they love their spouse. They don't want their marriage to stay this way. They wanted to make it better. They wanted to learn healthier communication techniques so that they could, could, could change what was going on. And so that was their motivation. And so we did the work and both of them became more self-aware of not just their own actions or the tendencies that they had, but why? Where is this coming from? Why am I doing this? And they became more aware of that. And whenever one of them would, would do something that maybe annoyed the other one, they were much more aware of their response. And so rather than responding in a way that triggered the other person, and, and here we go, you know, we're starting to amplify it again, they would approach it with a much more calm demeanor in a much more calm manner and actually talk to the other person instead of just respond with, uh, you know, whatever response they were using. Uh, but that's, that's part of it is self-awareness, realizing what part do you play in this conflict? I promise you, it's not just the other person. You've got a role in this too, whether it's something you're doing or whether it's the way that you're responding, or maybe it's the way you don't respond. Maybe you give your partner the silent treatment and that just makes them even more angry. You know, the, being aware of your, of what triggers you, but also what role you're playing in the conflict 
owning it, but then also accepting the responsibility of changing that behavior and replacing it with something that's going to lead to a better outcome. Yeah, and sometimes that means um, for us to have an insight, you know, work on ourselves and figuring out um, with the help of, you know, chaplains or therapists, um, what are some areas that I can improve um, and bring into the relationship? Absolutely. Yeah, those are, and, and we need to be willing to do that. And it's not fun realizing that, you know, I'm, I'm actually part of the problem. You know, I actually caused that. I, I said something that was hurtful. Um, it, it, it's not fun. That's not a fun place to be, but it's important. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's important to your spouse to hear you say, I'm sorry, to hear you own it. But also, even more important than that, it's important for them to see you working to change that so that you don't keep stepping on the same landmine over and over again. Um, so, Yeah. So what would you say one good way to to transition towards solution um, when we are, you know, kind of our, our emotions are pretty stable, we're able to talk about what the problem is, um, how, how would you suggest um, or recommend people move towards solution? I would say one of the important things is setting up a or being intentional about making time for communication. One of the things that we all deal with is busy schedules. There's always something that needs to be done, whether it's work-related, whether it's household tasks, whether it's dealing with kids, whatever it is, there is always something that needs to be done. And being deliberate about making time together, time to have conversation, time to communicate, whether it's going for a walk in the evenings, whether it's sitting down at supper, whether it's turning off the TV, turning off the games, doing something and just sitting down and talking, whether it's playing a game together, but being intentional about spending time together. Um, years ago, and I think we most of us have heard this, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E, time. You've got to make time and create opportunities to have communication. It is not just going to happen on its own. It takes work. And so I would say being intentional about giving yourself opportunities for communication. You can even go so far as having a set little uh, a script, a routine. And I've seen this in different marriage counseling cur uh, curriculum where, you know, the little topics, little things that we go through. We're going to, you know, this, 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 and this. It can take anywhere from five, six, even 10 minutes, but some, some sort of intentionality. It, it's a deliberate thing that we have to do to make those opportunities. Yeah, I definitely agree when, when we're talking about, you know, um, spending time. And it's also when you're in a better place with your spouse, it's easier to talk about the difficult stuff. Um, in a safer space because we feel comfortable, we feel open, we can be vulnerable versus when things are really heated um, and we don't feel like we are secure in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing I, I like pointing this out too. You talk about security. Survey after survey after survey has shown that, uh, sorry folks, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There are differences between men and women Ooh, surprise, surprise, right? One of the, I'm sorry, the number one need of women in relationships is security. They need security. They need to know that, that 
that individual is committed, that they're not going anywhere. And there needs to be security within that relationship. They need that. And that that takes on all kinds of different uh, looks there. But for men, the number one need, a lot of us would think it would be physical affection. And while that ranks pretty high, the number one need in most surveys for men is to be needed, to be wanted, right, to be desired. And so understanding what the needs of your spouse is uh, or what the other person, again, understanding the other person, not just focusing on yourself, but focusing on the other. Uh, In fact, I am a chaplain. I'm a Christian chaplain. And in in my faith tradition, uh, one of the scripture verses talks about consider the needs of others as more important than your own. And I try to imagine, just think about what a relationship would look like if you have two people and each of them are more, more focused on the other person's needs than they are on their own needs. I mean, think about what that would look like. That'd be pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it's um, a fine balance, I think, when we're talking about discussing what our needs are, because sometimes we don't even know. So a lot of yeah, self-reflection, right. self-awareness, and really having that ability to be able to be free enough in our relationships to really share what we're thinking, what we're feeling with our partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the self-awareness goes a long ways, not only becoming aware of what we need, what our needs are, because you're right, sometimes we don't know. And that's just a matter of personal growth, personal maturity. But as we learn what our needs are, being able to articulate that and communicate that effectively to our partner and then being sensitive to that. You know what? Maybe you need a little bit of, of alone time. You know, just to just to gather your thoughts, particularly someone who's more of an introvert, they can't be around people 24-7. They've got to have some alone time just to regroup and de-stress. If you're more of an extrovert, guess what? You, you recharge your batteries by being around people. But knowing yourself and knowing your spouse and being sensitive to those needs and understanding. Um, I know at one point I was practically pushing my wife out the door. Go hang out with your friends. Y'all go have fun. I got the kids. You just get out of here and go, just go relax, (laughs) right? And because I saw that need, I recognized that need. She was going crazy, staying at home all the time. She needed to get out and just have time with with adults instead of being around kids all the time. And uh, so being aware of that, and and that ended up being a good thing. Um, Contrary to what some people may may think, I see this in men and women, more often in women, that, that, that they want to be together all the time. And guess what? That's not healthy either. Um, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's another big one. If we wanted to talk about that, I know we're getting low on time. But establishing healthy boundaries in a relationship, uh, boy, that's a big one. Um, and having too much time together can also be a recipe for problems. Yeah, I think the boundaries is a whole conversation in itself. Maybe we can yeah. um, you know, move forward uh, with our, uh, relationship series that we're planning on doing in the future and, and include that in one of our, um, episodes. Yeah. And Francis, I'll say one last thing on the, 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 the conflict, the, the conflict, uh, portion of this, and this is to the audience. When you have talked to, uh, the other person about a conflict and you have resolved that conflict, it is resolved. Mm-hmm. Do not, do not, do not continue to bring it up in the future. Once it is resolved, it's done and it stays there. One of the, the if, if you want to inject cancer into your relationship, 
Keep digging up things from the past and throwing it in the other person's face. I guarantee you, you will kill that relationship. It has a 0% chance of succeeding. You absolutely cannot do that. And again, from, from, from my faith tradition, and I know some of you may have a Christian background, even if you don't, these principles are relevant. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about you know love. And one of the descriptions of love is it, it does not take into uh, account a wrong suffered. In other words, it doesn't keep score. Guys, if, mm-hmm. you're keeping, if you're keeping score in your relationship, stop. Let these things go. Resolve the conflict and leave it back there. Don't keep digging them up. So I cannot emphasize that enough. Well, thank you, Chaplain, so much for joining us today. I know uh, we have some other podcasts that we're going to get ready for our listeners. Uh, We have a forgiveness podcast coming up, and and we're going to continue the relationship series, um, hopefully in the future. And uh, so I want to thank you and uh, to our listeners, just be on the lookout for um, for those that are, are coming up next. All right. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, It's been a real joy to be here. Thank you for joining us. And gladiators and listeners, if you or someone you know are contemplating suicide, please contact the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. If you are having trouble resolving conflict uh, within your relationships, um, there are a ton of free counseling services out there through our chaplains, uh, your local director of psychological health, the uh, military family life counselors, in addition to military one source and other other entities out in your area. So please, please, please uh, reach out if you need the assistance. And again, thank you for listening and gladiators out.